Hey, welcome to Gary's Shortlist. Today we're going to have uh, a chat with James Kell uh, from Kell and Rigby Builders. James and I had a great chat about uh, risk, uh, positive incentive, uh, some of the challenges and the approaches in the construction industry around reward. And yeah, I hope you enjoy it. Uh, it was a really, really nice to catch up with James. So welcome, James. Thanks for your time this morning. And uh, it's been a long while since we've worked together. Yeah. So, uh, although it doesn't seem that long ago in some respects yeah. for me. But uh, maybe uh, you can share with the listeners today a little bit about uh, our, our history together and where, where we kicked off. And sure. then um, we might get into some of the stuff around risk and, and risk and reward, perhaps. Yeah. Well, uh, so I ran Kellen Rigby for nine years from 2003 to 2012. And uh, I mean, talk about risk, that, that was risk manifested was the um, way to describe um, Kellen Rigby in 2012. Um, and you and I, my recollection might may be different to yours. Um, you were working on um, one of our jobs as a, and wanted to get into safety and um, we had that a discussion, and I was like, well, we needed someone in safety at the time. And you were like, yeah, let's have a I go. I was the only idiot that put my hand the up. idiot that put the hand up. <laughs> and it was just the start of a um, really good relationship. Um, and we were always throwing ideas at each other. Um, and one of them was what happened at Apple, right? Mm, absolutely. Absolutely. We'll come back to the Apple thing, but... Uh that was my recollection as well, mm. is that uh, I was on the job one day and someone said, hey, James Kerr wants to see you in the city. And I thought, oh, man, what have I done? It mm. must be a good one. And uh, and then you and I had that conversation. Mm. And I, I vividly, um, you know, apart from the fact that I really appreciated the opportunity mm. um, in such a well-respected organisation mm. to this day. And, uh, yeah, I, I just said, uh, give me the ball, James, and I'll show you how far I can run with it. Yeah. And uh, it, I had a fantastic experience at Kellen Rigby. Mm. Um, and, in fact, anyone that I ever meet to this day that worked at Kellen Rigby, uh, you say, hey, if Kellen Rigby kicked off again next week, would you would you go back? Mm. And uh, they all say, without a heartbeat, yes. Yeah. So it was a great culture. It's nice to hear. Uh, that. Great culture. They were the days. Mm. and um, But, yeah, going back to, to Apple. So mm. Apple was a... Do you want to tell us a little bit about Apple as a, as a client for the business? Yeah, so at the time, um, Apple was looking to build their first store in Australia. And um, we had an amazing uh, executive um, in the marketing side of things, uh, Evan Leslie. And he was... He just... Um, and we had a great site team, really. Um, Michael um, and, yeah. and, you know, so we put um, every the best possible um, proposal together. And Apple, who were not looking for the cheapest price, they said, you know, it's that old thing, that old saw, time, cost, quality, pick any two. And Apple said, well, if we're going to pick two, it's going to be time and quality. That means cost is negotiable. And they said, make sure you charge enough because we're a difficult client. <laughs> and that was John Hilligus from Apple. He was brilliant. Right. Anyway, um, you and I were 
I think Rob Long, we were talking we to. Yeah, we to. were at the time sort of exploring the social psychology side of things. Yeah, and, uh, there's some pretty set, kind of wacky stuff at the time, but then it sounded wacky, but then if you break it down, it's it's like, hold on a second, why are we not doing this? Mm. And um, and so that's why we piloted it at Apple. We mm. actually suggested it to Apple, um, and when you suggest anything innovative to a company like Apple... They're generally going to be okay with it. I mean, that's that's their DNA, and so we trialed it, and it worked really well. Mm. I think uh, my recollection of it on that project, the the, the way we approached, you know, uh, positive, rewarding, positive behaviours. Um, my recollection on that project was just uh, smiles. I can I can hear laughter at all the draws that we're you know um, the monthly draws with the barbecue and. I think the camera was rolling around, yeah. and uh, and I can remember um, some of the subcontractors at the time turning up at other projects, saying, "Is this one of those jobs like the Apple job?" Mm. You know, yeah, exactly. Uh, which was yeah, which was incredible. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. So that was that was our sort of first foray in exploring um, alternatives to this whole punitive approach that I think construction yeah. is. Yeah, exactly. Um, when it comes to to safety and risk. Yeah. Where the the most you could ever hope for is zero, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And, and Rob Long said that, like, yeah. if you've got a system, because zero lost time injuries was the sort of the gold standard. If you've got a system where zero is the most you can hope for, then it's not all that motivating. <laughs> yeah. Well, he actually wrote. I think he wrote a book. Uh, well, I know he wrote a book on on zero harm and. Mm. Uh, if anyone hasn't read that, pick it up and you'll you'll get through the first three or four pages and realise that it was just a safety mantra at the time. Mm, yeah. Um, that that everyone was sort of um, brainwashed, and then you know um, when organisations couldn't achieve that mm. that utopia sort of target, mm. um, it really 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 affected the culture in the workplace because mm. it was this underlying culture of well we're not really hitting our targets but we we we, we chant from the top of the floors mm. every every day of the week about how, how good we're operating and yeah in fact we're not yeah we're, we're actually hiding things and mm. in fact I, I i was talking to fiona from men's services yesterday and mm. and the lti thing came up mm. and um and i think that's as topical as as zero harm in, yeah. in the fact that it's just a poor measurement yeah um, but culturally the damage that it does mm. um, by by putting pressure on a business to have absolutely zero mm. uh, zero accidents I mean, yeah you know if we could do that we'd probably wouldn't be in the construction industry we'd be yeah. smarter paid people somewhere <laughs> perhaps in space yeah i don't know yeah um, so the time at Kel and Rigby, I, I guess we, we we faced our fair share of risk. I, I think with the Apple Store, um, mm. one of the recollections I have was when they said, "Hey Gary, we've got three and a half ton panels of glass coming um, at night mm. in George Street, and we need to block the street off, and we need you know the biggest cranes that we've got in town to mm. lift these glass panels up, but it'll all be okay, right? Yeah, just relax, Gary. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, and you know, I can remember the day um, saying to one of the project managers on the day, I saw him in the office and I said, hey, are we still good tonight? I'm going mm. to come out to the job. And uh, and he said, yeah, 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 we're good, Gary. 
Mm. And I said, okay. And I just didn't feel he said that right. Mm. And I said, so have we coordinated this? And mm. I sort of got a mixed response. And I said, how about I come out a bit earlier? Mm. And um, we have a bit of a team meeting with the contractors. Mm. So we met at the Apple store at maybe six o'clock at night. The street's starting to get blocked off. It's raining. It's now dark. Mm. And we're waiting for these trucks to arrive with all the gear. And um, so I've got the traffic controllers, scaffolders and, and every other trade you can imagine mm. on the day. And uh, I learnt real quickly that no one was coordinating or consulting on anything. Right. And my analogy to the guys in the room on that day, um, and it was probably through panic mm. through myself because I could see that this was unfolding to be a disaster because we had to be, the store had to be trading at, you know, eight o'clock the next mm. morning. Um, and my recollection was I said, hey, guys, this is like robbing a bank. Mm. We're either going to get the money mm. or we're going to get caught. Mm. <laughs> and I think everyone in the room went, you know what, gotcha. Um, and we need to start coordinating this really quickly. Yeah. And, uh, and, of course, it went like clockwork. Mm. And it was fantastic and it was a... Um, it was, all, it was all filmed and uh, it was an impressive thing, you know, seeing glass panels spinning around in the middle of George Street and yeah. building something cool. So that happened at the same time that we were trialling this um, this positive performance thing. Why did that happen? On a job that was supposed to be a positive performance um, trial, what do you think caused that? And maybe, maybe we should sort of take it back a step because we're automatically assuming that people understand what this mm. positive performance sure. is. Okay. I wonder if it's worth sort of um, describing that and then answering that question because that's that's a counterpoint really yeah. to um, positive performance. So I think I think it originated when we were talking to a guy called Mike Corrett who, mm. um, who uh, had said that he'd worked overseas with some, you know, he'd come from a psychology background and, and was work looking at stuff in regard to risk and where uh, positive approaches can apply yeah. as a punitive approach. Um, and those conversations really, really manifested in a way that we could we could see real quickly when we sat around the table and open, open honest discussion about, mm. you know, the industry is just plagued with smash the subby, uh, non-conformance, mm. you know, program, 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 et cetera, et cetera. Um, and then you've got workers in, 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 on, a, on a project that say, I do all this good stuff, but mm. you, 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 you seem to catch me out every time I'm doing something wrong in regards to safety or risk. And, yeah. and, um, and we just thought at the time to reward positive behaviours mm. um, just seemed to be the aha moment for, mm. for us because it was an industry that was... A tough industry, really mm. tough industry, long hours, um, programs are just, you know, mm. almost unachievable to some degree. Yeah. And then we're just, you know, really riding the contractors to, to deliver, right? Yeah. Um, by, I think when Kevin Rigby looked at it and you and I looked at it as mm. a positive approach, it was just, it just seemed like an obvious thing for us to do. And yeah. I related it at the time. I had two, two young children mm. um, and I know for them to clean up their bedroom and, you know, get them to the park earlier mm. so we could kick the ball around. Mm. Um, if I threw in a little bit of positive in terms of, hey, if we can clean the bedroom 
and get this done. We're at the park earlier and mm. may even give us time for an ice cream. Mm. And um, uh, as opposed to walking in and smacking your children and yeah. saying, your room's not tidy. Yeah. Um, that's, that's, that's how I saw it. I related yeah. it to my kids. And where the industry is all about smacking. Mm. Like everything in the industry is about the strap. Yep. Really? Yep. Financial or um, or otherwise. Yeah. You know. And even, it's even, uh, and especially so in safety. Mm. So, you know. Right. You, so have, you have that lost time injury and you're the worst guy in the... On the, on the job site. Yeah. You know, because you've just blown the mantra. Right. So safety in the construction industry was and kind of probably still is to a degree all punitive. Mm. It's all negative. So if you do that, then I will punish you um, with a notice or with financially or something like that. And I think this comes around to what we were playing with at Apple, right? where um, at, I, don't, I don't know if Rob Long could be characterised as on the fringe, but um, he had an idea that was certainly on the fringe. Um, and we thought it was brilliant mm. if it could be kind of um, tested. Mm. And it was quite simply... So if we've got two... If we mammals have two toolkits, <laughs> the carrot and the stick... Um, and we were in the car on the way here, we were talking to, uh, I was talking to my sister this morning and, and she was talking about a school teacher, AKA street psychologist um, version of events. Mm-hmm. And same deal. Absolutely. Carrot and stick. So if we, if we mammals work to carrots and sticks and the construction industry is the master of the stick and there's no real carrot, particularly in safety, then why don't we just try something in that direction, right? Particularly in safety. Um, yeah. Because we attribute so heavily culture and safety. Mm. Um, so, of course, with a punitive approach constantly, there's this downward pressure on your culture, no matter how many you know slogans and exactly. programs you run. Yeah. Right? Um, it's interesting you mentioned school teachers. Uh, uh, school teachers are people that care about kids. Yeah. Um, school teachers, um, they go and study and they get a degree and they, mm. they learn more, so much about teaching mm. and influence um, than any safety professional in construction, yeah. obviously. Um, a nurse is a, is a caring person. Mm. A nurse, you know, nursing people have uh, just bucket loads of empathy and mm. emotional intelligence. Yeah. Um, and don't feel that, you know, hitting someone in the bed that's actually not feeling too well yeah. because they shat the bed yeah. um, is the right approach. Yeah. And, um, that's right. They're dealing with real people every day. In a funny sort of way, they're more qualified than... The qualified. Right? <laughs> because um, those qualified are dealing with the very edge cases, whereas teachers and nurses are dealing with... The, the, the fat part of the bell curve, like everyone else, mm. and their daily issues. And so I think there's a lot to be um, said for that wisdom that comes from working mm. in those industries. You know? Yeah, so the, there has been evidence where you know, government in Australia have, have looked at uh, incentive programs for roads. Mm. Right? Roads are the, one of the biggest killers, right? Mm. So um, they looked at 
if you if you if you had no infringements for, mm. for the year, you oh. know, you get a re, you get a reduction in your yeah. in your fee for the year or whatever it may be. Yeah. And when that happened, I actually thought, wow, that's that's a real shift from hey, it's double to merit points this yeah. week. You're all going to be in the naughty basket. Mm. So uh, and government governments, um, I think they've got a lot to explore. But my question would be more around why do we think that construction continues um, to think downward pressure and the punitive approach around safety is the is the only method to use I don't know I don't know is it as simple as it's what we've always done or is it I know I know it's a whole nother hornet's nest of um, male female thing but um, is it the fact that construction industry is traditionally so male dominated um, in its culture that there's something to do with that um, you know and uh, I don't know is it is it more around um, I mean I, I think I think there's also when I when I think about the builder I, I don't think of the builder in isolation I think about the the ecosystem being mm. the client the investors, etc., who all have a hand, particularly now in you know all this updated legislation where everyone's mm. deemed you know somewhat responsible. So um, I think pressure from mm. clients and and the broader the broader um, stakeholders uh, brings a level of we've just got to do this right, otherwise you know this is what we do. True, um, and it could be even um, like incarceration in the states, right? It just becomes this reinforcing cycle mm. where I think I read recently that the Americans have 5% of the world's population roughly and 25% of the inmates, right? So something's wrong there. Um, and so perhaps there's something to do with that versus you look at incarceration in, say, Norway or something like that and they take a totally different approach mm. and it's it's they they can have their cake and eat it. So they... They don't have the huge cost of incarceration. They don't have that recidivism that happens in the States. Like, there's all these things that the Norwegians have figured out um, that the Americans, God love them, still hasn't, mm. haven't. So I wonder if, if that is something similar to what's happening in the construction industry with, uh, with punishment. Mm. Is it simply that's what it knows? And then a safety issue happens, more punishment must be the answer. Um, and I think it's worth pointing out that when we trialled this system uh, at Apple, we weren't trying to dismantle the, the system of punishment. Correct. Um, we were simply trying to augment it. Correct. So it's not about, this is not a revolution. This is not a uh, talking about um, once our existing system is wrong and everything else, because there's a lot that's right with it, actually. Mm, mm. It's just that it's only half of the picture. That's all. Yeah, yeah, totally agree. Uh, and and to enhance to enhance any systems or, or structure that an organisation has in place, um, even in a drip drip form, yeah, I think can can make such a difference. Um, I was thinking then about you know there'd be a lot of people listening right now that think oh our organisation does reward safety. You know we have the the golden hard hat month and rah rah rah. Mm. And I I would challenge that. Yeah, um, I. I I've seen it in a lot of organisations that I've worked that it's 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 tokenism. It's yeah. it's it's you know literally running around going who do we give the golden hard hat to yeah. this month because yeah. 
we forgot about it and it's got to be yeah. out by four o'clock. So, um, so what we trialled and inspired by um, Mick uh, Carrett and those guys was when you do something well on site and it could be productivity, could be safety. It's more about safety than anything else. Could be site vibes, like you know, quality, qu- quality. Um, so, anything uh, in that in that sense. On the Apple site, we print out I don't know five hundred or so scratchies. You get given a scratchy, literally, and it's a like Kelvin an instant scratchy. Calendar be instant scratchy. You scratch it, and you've won five, ten, twenty, or fifty bucks or something like that on the spot. And so it's like, well done. I think it was said, well done, legend, or well done, champion, or something like that. And then that goes into a hat which gets chosen at the end of each month. And there's 500 bucks, I think it was, on that site. Mm. Somebody wins 500 bucks. And so, and we did a little video of it just to sort of... I think it's on YouTube still. Right, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. And, um, and so we were trialing that. And it's, it's hard to say, we didn't measure it empirically. So it's all anecdotal. Uh, but it felt right. That's all I can say. It felt right. Yeah. Clients, I know. I know. Um, you mentioned Evan Leslie. I remember Evan saying, calling me one day from Brisbane when he ran the Brisbane office, saying, "Hey, we've just jagged a, a really cool job up here. We got down to the final three, and then we put our, you know, innovation across the table in regard to safety and risk, and and the client just hit the floor and said, "You guys are it." That's true too. Um, that's that's like a, a important side benefit of yeah, because yeah. it's a point of difference. It's, yeah. it's showing that you know mm. we're we're. We don't have a bigger stick than the other builder. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so yeah. anyway, and then um, fast forward 10 years, you and I keep in fairly regular contact. I think at, every time I come to Australia, we catch up for coffee and then that's probably about it, I guess, over, yeah. t- over 10 years. And then we're like, we've got to do this. Both you and I said, we've got to do it. And so th- that was probably this time last year. We haven't let it go. Haven't, ne- haven't yeah. let it go. Yeah. We've got to do it. So we're like, okay. Um you know, and, and we had a method to doing it. We had all, all the maths. We had everything we've learned from the previous one. Yeah. We're like, right, let's get these cards printed out and everything. And and then we were like, hold on a second. What? There's this thing called an iPhone. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't we make an app? Why don't we connect it to the fax? Yeah, yeah, the fax machine, exactly. And so it's funny because I think a lot of the app ideas now are problems looking, for, sorry, solutions looking for a problem. Um Whereas this genuinely yeah. was the other way around. It yeah. was old school. Yeah. It was like, we have this thing, we've tested it, and um, doing an app is so much easier in, yeah. in every sense. Yeah. So that's what we're testing, right? Yeah, and it's exciting. Um, it's an exciting time, and I think yeah. we're both passionate, um, genuinely, about you know this, this whole topic. Yeah. And we've discussed it for, for yeah. year on year on year. And promoting positivity... In the industry, generally, yeah. like yeah. Um, that's a good feeling. Frankly, mm-hmm. if if we can do something that um, that does something positive in the industry, well, there won't be a person on a building site that says, "No, I'm not interested in yeah. uh, being rewarded." Yeah. Just just give me another non-conformance, please. Yeah, um, yeah. So ho- hopefully that does, because God knows I've seen what. Um, you know what the hard part of the industry looks like. Hmm. Um, so if there's something that can be done to um, help, absolutely. Out, so watch this space there. Yeah. 
So what's what's uh, what's on the short term or the medium term for James at the moment? What are you doing? Uh, so I'm in Canberra um, and I'm doing some postgrad study um, to sort of uh, help help Australia in a funny sort of way. And uh, yeah, so and uh, I've got a, a sailing business, sailing adventure business uh, in the Virgin Islands that I run remotely. Yeah, and how's the, how's the business there going? It's going well. It, it was sort of. Uh, we pressed pause during COVID, um, and we're back to probably about half of what we were just before COVID. Right, and it's just just picking itself back up. So was I never I've never known this. Was sailing a big thing for you when you were were young, or was no. it something? Right, so it's something no, it you was, took on later. Well, it was, we did it um, as kids with mum and dad, my three sisters in New Zealand. Right, um, when I was like a teenager on, on holidays, and you know. We'd go to Paihia in northern um, New Zealand and um, they'd say to Dad, we'd charter a boat, and they'd say to Dad, have you chartered, uh, have you sailed before? And Dad's like, not really. Like, I'll work it out. <laughs> Hobie cats, a couple of times, is about it. And being in New Zealand, they're like, oh, it's not that hard. Let me take, let me show you for an hour or two and you'll figure it out. And so it was very like that. Right. And uh, we, we sort of just did it and then... Um, in 2012, I doubled down on sailing. I needed to sort of empty my head. It was, it was a lot. Um, it was a lot of um, guilt um, that I felt at the time, and um, all sorts of other things that weren't healthy in any way. And so, sailed across an ocean just to sort of press the reset button, just yeah, like right. control out, delete. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, um, not to forget the lessons but rather to get in a healthier state of mind right and photography you're still passionate about photography yeah so i i crossed with a camera basically right, right um and so just concentrate on on that for a few years um and was thinking about making a go of it as a photographer because right. that was my passion and uh, full respect to photographers. I don't know how they do it. I think <laughs> photography is a little bit like golf in that if you're top 100 in the world, you earn really good money. And then there's a lot of other people that do it for the love. Yeah. Um, yeah. Might be, I might not be entirely correct there, but I certainly couldn't see it being financial. I was not one of those top 100. Wow. Um, and so, uh, yeah, after a couple of years of that, it wasn't all bad. After a couple of years, years of that, I saw an opportunity in sailing and was able to use my photos to sort of start the business, really. Right. Because it's a very graphical kind of industry. Yeah, yeah. And, um, yeah, so that's been really good. Uh, we look after people in their sort of mid-20s to late-30s, um, Americans. Um, we take them for a week, and it's um, adventure sailing, So they and they also, also learn to sail. So. so schools get involved? No, it's mostly individuals. Right, okay. You might be a sort of a 28-year-old lawyer in New York City. You earn pretty good money. Uh, you're adventurous, but you're stuck in this cubicle, and um, you want you want to get out and sort of do something for a week. And the Caribbean, for someone in New York, it's four and a half hours direct flight. Yeah, right. You know, and so for them, it's 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 a great week. We wake up, we do Wim Hof breathing, we do meditation, um, then we get into like some sailing theory do sailing and then do some adventure so it might be um, climbing an island um, in in Dominica or it might be free diving in um, 
um, Sabre Island or something like that. Fantastic. Yeah, so it's really, really good week. Um, and it's been enjoyable as a business, that's Absolutely. for sure. Absolutely. And it's interesting running it remotely. It's uh, I've never done it uh, before. And so, yeah, so far, so good. Fantastic. Yeah. Well, look, James, thank you. Uh, thank you for coming in today and chatting about all things safety, risk, reward. Pleasure. And... Uh, it's been great to catch up with you again, yeah. uh, and uh, I look forward to catching up with you shortly and hearing more about the other side of things with the uh, incentive programs. Great. Thanks, Thanks James. James. No worries. Cheers, mate. Okay. So I hope you enjoyed it. Be nice to catch up again soon. Cheers.